Thank you for coming to today's podcast on January the 10th, Genesis 23 to 2451. Lord, give us your presence, Lord. We ask this in the name of your mighty son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And when Sarah was 127 years old, she died at Kiria Arba, now called Hebron, in the land of Canaan. There Abraham mourned and wept for her. Then leaving her body, he said to the Hittite elders, Here I am, a stranger and a foreigner among you. Please sell me a piece of land so I can give my wife a proper burial. The Hittite replied to Abraham, Listen, my lord, you are an honored prince among us. Choose the finest of our tombs and bury her there. No one here will refuse to help you in any way. Then Abraham bowed low before the Hittites and said, Since you are willing to help me in this way, be so kind as to ask Ephron, son of Zohar, to let me buy his cave at Machpelah, down at the end of his field. I will pay the full price in the presence of witness, so I will have a permanent burial place for my family. Ephron was sitting there among the elders, and he answered Abraham as the others listened, speaking publicly before all the Hittite elders of the town. No, my Lord, he said to Abraham, please listen to me. I will give you the field and the cave. Here in the presence of my people, I, I give it to you. Go and bury your dead. Abraham again bowed down low before the citizens of the land, and he replied to Ephron as everyone listened. No, listen to me. I will buy it from you. Let me pay the full price for the field so I can bury my dead there. Ephraim answered Abraham, My Lord, please listen to me. The land is worth 400 pieces of silver, but what is that between friends? Go ahead and bury your dead. So Abraham agreed to Ephraim's price and paid the amount he had suggested, 400 pieces of silver, weighing according to the market standard. The Hittite elders witnessed the transaction. So Abraham brought the plot land belonging to Ephraim at Machpelah near Mamre. This included the field itself, the cave that was in it, and all the surrounding trees. It was transferred to Abraham as his permanent possession in the presence of the Hittite elders at the city gate. Then Abraham buried his wife Sarah there in Canaan, in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, also called Hebron. So the field and the cave were transferred from the Hittites to Abraham for use as a permanent burial place. Abraham was now a very old man, and he... And the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, Take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Swear by the Lord, the God of heavens and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go ahead, go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, but what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No, Abraham responded. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord God of heavens, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angels ahead of you, and he will see to it that you will find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. So the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instruction. Then he loaded ten of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts 
from his master, and he traveled to distance Aram Naharaim. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. O Lord, God of my master, Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show me unfailing love. To my master Abraham, see, I am standing here beside the spring, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulders. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Rebekah was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came out up again. Running over to her, the servant said, Please, give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my lord, she answered, have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulders and gave him a drink. When she, when he, when she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering throw and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. The servants watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large bracelets for her wrists. Whose daughter are you? He asked. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I am the daughter of Betul, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. Yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels and we have room for guests. The man bowed low and worshiped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham. He said, the Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. Now, Rebekah had a brother named Laban, Laban, who ran out to meet the man at the spring. He had seen the nose ring and the blushes in his sister's wrist, and he had heard Rebekah tell the man had said, so he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside the camel. Listen, Laban said, come and stay with us, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing here outside the town when I have room already for you and a place prepared for the camels? So the man went home with Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave him straw for their bedding, fed them, and provided water for the man and the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then food was served. But Abraham said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. All right, Laban said, tell us. I am Abram's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels and donkeys. When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son. 
And my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me take a note. He said, do not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, the Lord in whose presence I have lived will send his angel with you and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. Then you will have fulfilled your obligation. But if I go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, you will be free from my oath. So today, when I came into the spring, I prayed this prayer. O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside this spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will draw waters for your camels too, let her be the one you have selected to be the wife for my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too. So I drank and then she watered the camels. Then I asked, Whose daughter are you? She replied, I am the daughter of Bethuel, and my grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelet on her wrist. When I bowed low, then I bowed low and worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, because he had led me straight to my master's knees to be his son's wife. So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and then I'll know what to do next. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here is Rebekah, take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. In this chapter, we see Abraham mourning for his precious wife, Sarah. His grief was genuine, and he wanted to make proper preparation for paying his last respect. Grief comes into each of our lives, and proper channels for its expression must be found. If we fail to grieve of our personal losses properly, it will be easy to fall into addiction and dependencies to try and hide the pain. If we express our pain constructively, it will be less likely to destroy us. <clears throat> Taking time to, to grieve. That's step six, 12-step devotional. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step six is a very important step with character of letting go of, of anything that's bothering you that's deep inside our heart. The path to recovery and finding new life also involves the death process. 
The different means we used to use to help us cope with defective, but still they give us comfort or companionship. Giving them up is often like suffering the death of a loved one. As we journey on in our new life, we will necessarily lose some of our defective ways of coping. When this happens, we need to stop and take time to give our losses a proper burial. We need to put them away, cover the shame, and allow ourselves to grieve the loss of something very sim similar to us, familiar. When the time grief is over, we too can go on journey. Giving thanks and praise God for the hurt helps the relieving process. And with that, the interesting thing about here is the way the angel guided them and the prayers of their hearts, how they prayed that they would find Rebecca. And, uh, and the servant was so dedicated. It's interesting that he took so much resources and was, he got 10 camels loaded down with all kinds of resources and, and wealth. And he brought that to, to signify that she was marrying a rich man. Eliezer, Abraham's servant, asked God for guidance in this very important task. Obviously, he had learned much about faith and about God from his master, Abraham. Even if Abraham made a lot of mistakes, he also set an example of faith that his household could see and imitate. His faithfulness, Genesis 15, 6, was set before all his descendants and every follower of Christ. What are your family members and friends in the study learning about God from watching you? Like Abraham, your life can be an example of faith for those watching, even though sin is part of it. And the Eliezer asking God for guidance expresses your truth in God's design and timing. All right, moving uh, right along, we're reading Matthew chapter 8. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, and come, and they come. And, they, and if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, turning to those who were following him. He said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. 
And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and at the feast of the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, who those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officers, Go back home because you believe it has happened and the young servant was healed that same hour. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out evil spirits with a single command and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sickness and removed our diseases. Amen. And with that, as Christians claiming God's promises, we must not apply them by our own principles. God wants to reach all the people he loves. He wants outsiders to become insiders. We must be careful not to let our religious habits define God's boundaries. And we can expedite God's will for somebody for our lives by thanking God for the situation, praising him and giving him glory and honor before the thing is done in our lives. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and pray the Psalms. Psalms 9, 13 to 20 verses. Pray expectantly. Ask God to disperse the consequences of wickedness on the wicked and be ready to rejoice publicly for God's rescue. Be ready to rejoice publicly for God's rescue. Lord, have mercy on me. See how my enemies torment me. Snatch my back from the jaws of death. Save me so I can praise you publicly at Jerusalem gates, so I can rejoice that you have rescued me. The nations have fallen into pity. They dug for others. Into the pit they dug for others. Their own feet have been caught in the trap they set. The Lord is known for his justice. The wicked are trapped by their own deeds. The wicked will go down into the grave. This is the faith of all the nations who ignore God. But the needy will not be ignored forever. The hopes of the poor will not be crushed. Arise, O Lord, do not let mere mortals defy you. Judge the nations. Make them tremble in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that you are mere, they are merely human. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years. And your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck in a re- as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor both with God and man. And you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and not depend on your own understanding. Seek Him, His will, and always do. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. 
Amen and amen. Reading for today. Thank you so much for coming out today. God bless you.